Blog Talk Radio. Well, good morning, everyone. Good afternoon to those of us on the East Coast. This is Small Business IT Radio here on the Blog Talk Radio Network for another week. My name is Stuart Crawford, and I'll be your uh, I'll be your host here for the next uh, 60 or so minutes as we uh, as we bring up another show of uh, of our weekly Small Business IT Radio. I want to thank the folks at Blog Talk Radio for uh, providing this uh, means for us to share our expertise and knowledge about um, you know the IT space in general. You know, it's been one of those weeks this week, and uh, for those that follow my blog, you can check it out and uh, get all the information up on there at StuartCrawford.com. Won't have time today to go into a lot of details about it, but you can go read it read it up on there what's going on. I have a a great panel of uh, friends and and colleagues on today, and one who's missing in action, but we'll try to find uh, Monique here in a few minutes and see where she's at. But I'd like to introduce uh, two friends of mine, uh, Mitch Miller and Eric Simpson. Now, Eric, for those people that are regular. Uh, tuner inners of this program. We all know that Eric's a, a veteran of, uh, of Small Business IT Radio, and I think Mitch is the first time he's been on as a guest. So I want to welcome Mitch Miller uh, from Topeka, Kansas, who's joining us today uh, here on the program. Uh, good morning, Mitch. Uh, Mitch, how are things with you guys today? Wow, it's a beautiful day in Topeka. I mean, we're talking Chamber of Commerce weather here, 75 degrees, light winds. Come on to Topeka, man. We'll take the tax money. <laughs> well, you know, it's better than what we're sitting at. Although I heard today it's supposed to be, you know, 19 degrees Celsius, whatever that equals to in Fahrenheit. I don't, I, I'm stopped trying to figure it out. Hey, but, dude, uh, is tuner inner, is that in the dictionary? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I have no idea. I have it's no right idea, next but uh, it, will right be, next it will be, it will be. It will be after this show. Eric, what were you going to say? I said it's right next to Tuner Upper. <laughs> tuner Upper. That would be your technician, the Tuner Uppers, right? Uh, exactly. That's right. I think Monique's joined us. Monique, is that, a, is that you in there? I am here. I'm so happy to be here with my three favorite guys. Well, well, that's wonderful. Now, Monique, <laughs> you know, I've already, you know, Eric's an old hat at this, and, uh, uh, you know, we we phrased a new word today called Tuner Inners. For people that I caught the end of that. Today. <laughs> yeah, so uh, you're you're new to uh, to our program. So tell us a little about yourself and uh, what you're doing there in Bakerfield these days. My husband and I own Arc Technology. We're a uh, managed service provider here in Bakersfield, California, and we have about 47 employees. And we've been doing managed services, working with uh, MSPU, which is a great organization, for the last year and a half. Um, originally a break fix, and uh, have have made the transition, and we now do about $2.2 million a year in managed service revenue. Wow. That's wonderful. So for those of you that are saying it can't be done, if my husband and I can do it, anybody can do it. <laughs> and how many, how many years in business total, Monique, for you guys? Uh, to- total years in business is 16. We've been nice. doing this for about 16 years, yeah. And Mitch, um, you've been in in business quite a while as well. Uh, why don't you share with the folks, uh, you know, all the great things you guys do out there in, at DCS Topeka? Sure. Well, uh, again, I'm like Monique. I'm honored to be on this uh, august panel of uh, of folks, many of whom I know extremely well. So, uh, uh, good people, Stuart, that you've got on, and you guys. And just a quick shout out to you, Stuart. You do a great job of helping educate our. Uh, 
our group and our community. So, so thanks for all the work you do. Uh, yeah. Well, thank, um, thanks, Mitch. You know, yeah, any, any, any future employers out there, you know, you can call <laughs> me anytime. You <laughs> Dynamics. Uh, we're in our 25th year in business in the uh, in the Topeka area, northeast Kansas. So um, it's it's uh, exciting to see. I can. I can tell you stories that go way back to some green screens and Commodore 64s and stuff like that. But, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, the managed services has revolutionized our business, just like Monique, uh, our company, has, has uh, tripled uh, our recurring revenues in the last two and a half years because of what we've been able to transition to in the managed service business. And the really cool thing is that, that it has increased just this year alone, we've increased over 15% our our standard project revenues because managed services just drags along new projects, new opportunities, you know, along with it. So those folks that are saying, hey, you know, you just can't sell hardware anymore. Let me tell you, you can and you will. Our average margins run from 22 to 24% on the hardware and uh, what I call skewed number items, the stuff we're buying from the the Ingram micros and tech datas and, and distributors of the world, we're able to make those kind of monies because the, the projects just fall right along behind the managed services. Well, it's all about being part of the, you know, offering a complete solution. You know, and I was almost ready to just retire my chair and let Eric take over. So, Eric, you've been talking a lot, so tell us a little about yourself. <laughs> oh, okay. So, you know, I, I want the award, Stuart, so let me know when I've been on your program more than any other uh, guess. So, you, you know, have I'm, been, I'm, actually, so you got I'm, it already, so there you go. I'm, okay, I'll, I'll be looking for that in the mail. Uh, so okay. uh, my name is Eric Simpson. I'm Vice President and CIO of MSP University. Um, we help uh, train IT solution providers and also manufacturers, vendors, distributors, and other channel organizations in how to transition to annuity-based uh, service delivery models, which, you know, is commonly known as managed services. So we've been doing that for about... Uh, I guess since 2005. Our parent company is Intelligent Enterprise. We were one of the first pure play MSPs in the Southern California area. So uh, we've got a lot of experience out there, uh, not only banging our head against the wall, but also seeing some success. And then uh, now we've transitioned to helping other partners uh, achieve uh, you know, the same level of, of success. So we just love what we do, and we love giving back to the community. And and love coming on the on the program, Stuart, because as Mitch said, you you really bring a lot of focus, um, attention to challenges and opportunities that uh, you know uh, solution providers face today. So just honored to be on the program once again. Well, hey, thank you. I mean, it means a lot. Yeah, Mitch, well, go ahead. I, just a quick shout out and, and a word to all the folks online. If you haven't uh, had an opportunity to read some of Eric's books, I just finished flying back from Las Vegas two nights ago, his brand-new book, The Best IT Service Delivery Book Ever, and uh, outstanding book, great ideas. Uh, our staff has already uh, uh, logged in and using some of the things that he recommended. I thought I knew everything, but doggone it, Eric keeps coming up with something else that i got to learn again. So uh, <laughs> it, it's a great book, and I, I highly recommend it. I've already, like I said, I've already read the book and, and couldn't say more about it. So great job, Eric. Well, and Mitch, I think you I think you bring up a good point there in that there's so much out on the market right now um, trying to define what managed services is. But Eric, you and your staff have done a great job in truly defining the processes, the procedures, how it can be done. It's really just a recipe for success. That's what it is. And if you read it and you apply it to your business, it, you can't fail. 
you've just you just have to put the energy in and actually doing it and executing the processes. That's right. Well, you guys are embarrassing me. We're going to have to rename the show, uh, you know, Eric Simpson Blog Talk Radio here in a minute. <laughs> I would I would think of the Eric I would think of the Eric Simpson lo- our Eric Simpson Love In program. Love in. <laughs> well, know, thanks you guys. Eric on the program. We, we, when do we do that show, Eric? About a month ago, we had uh, you on about the best IT service book uh, delivery book ever. Yep, it's in the yep. archives if anybody wants to listen to it. About in the September time frame, we did that program. All right, guys. Let's get back. Let's get back to the topic at hand. <laughs> yeah, we all love Eric, and that's uh, that's all good. So let's, let's move on. So actually, this is a little lo- loving for Mitch because this is one one of Mitch's great ideas that he had in the Peer Power book. We kind of yep. forget about that great book now. It's a couple years old. You know, some things have changed since that book was released. But you know what? A lot of the fundamental principles around uh, what we can do uh, as IT providers uh, to get new business and uh, you know go after market share and all that other good stuff is in that book and even life balance and so peer power is that name of the book and you can you can find it through hegmembers.com if you really need to go find it uh mitch you had the chapter on the uh it makeover the extreme it makeover i think you were one of the first ones to do it uh or maybe you 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 know professionally uh swiped that idea from somewhere else but i think you were one of the pioneers tell us about that what was the what was the vision like, and you know, how did it all come about? Well, you know, uh, uh, again, just what you said, uh, Stuart. I, I wished I could take take credit and, and uh, put that down as my my uh, great idea, but I swiped it as usual. And and uh, you know, I, of course, we've all seen the success of the uh, the show on ABC over over the last four or five years, and uh, what a, what an impact that's made. And and so, you know, it kind of was running around in my mind, and then I, uh, you know, I actually got it from uh, Larry Heaton, uh, the VP, one of the VPs and owners over at Heartland Technology Solutions, one of Arlen's partners, and Larry first told me about them kicking it off in, in a way in one of their branches, and it was a real success and, and, uh, uh, for them. And so we started trying to think of how we could do it and how we could expand it and what we could do. We're fortunate in that we have an outstanding relationship with the local chamber of commerce here in Topeka. Uh, Topeka is a, a town of 125,000, and, and the chamber is extremely active. We're the city, county, state government right here. So, of course, there's a lot of associations, a lot of people you know, in, in the government offices all over the area. Um, and uh, our chamber uh, you know, uh, has a, a very uh, aggressive and progressive uh, executive director who uh, – came in oh five six years six years ago now uh when he came in there was uh, about a thousand members of the chamber today we're at like fifteen sixteen hundred members and in a town the size of topeka that's a that's a pretty good number uh very uh very active in the community in the state actually as a matter of fact our executive director of the chamber just came off as the president of the national chamber executives association which is you know a pretty prestigious position and Anyway, so we sat down with him three years ago and said, hey, you know, here's an idea. This is what we got. And, we pro- and I proposed it to him with, the, the, you know, with some very sim- much similarities to what Larry had, and yet we kind of expanded it and looked at other things. And, and he just got extremely excited because what we promoted was not just that we're going to go out and, gee, aren't we great, going to do something for some small business in the area, but how it could integrate and work with the Chamber's goals of building small businesses and, and increasing the activity that the chamber produces. You know, and the chamber's always looking for ways to bring new members in, 
find ways to show that they're really a value to their members. And so we kind of put a, a program around of the value of the chamber and then, of course, what Dynamic was going to bring forward with that. I mean, that's impressive that, you, you know, Topeka being a – I don't want to say it's a small town, but compared to, you know, where Eric is in, in Southern California and, and here in Calgary, it's, it's a smaller community. And I'm really sure. impressed how you, you went about and, you know, gathered that uh, – you know, gathered that momentum. And, you know, how did you how did you market it, Mitch? Did you – you know, I know you, know you, I know you mentioned you met Chamber of Commerce, and that's what I'm doing with mine is leveraging the Chamber of Commerce. But was there any unique marketing challenges to, you know, get the word out there about your – and first of all, I mean, for those people that are kind of coming in halfway here, we're, and we're talking about the extreme technology makeover and extreme IT makeover, based on the extreme makeover TV show that's on ABC. Uh, I can't remember what we run it here on Canada, but one of the one of the channels here. Mm-hmm. It's, so it's a, based on that concept. But how did you spread the word? Because I got flyers and I got video up on our website. Uh did you have any challenges getting the word out in the early days, or did, or did it just take off like from day one? Well, you know, um, uh, what we did was we looked at ways that the chamber, as a co-sponsor, would help participate. So we didn't take it all on ourselves, just dynamic, trying to get the word out. The chamber, uh, so we sit down with an entire marketing program that we developed around the co-sponsorship of the chamber and dynamic computer solutions, and. Uh, uh, we uh, went to the websites. We, you know, it was a very structured program that said uh, we'll do so much, the chamber will do so much, um, and then we started saying, okay, now who are some local um, communications organizations around the area that would would want to be a part of this? And uh, we went to the uh, the largest television affiliate, the CBS affiliate here in Topeka, who's extremely active in the chamber, and they got all excited about promoting it and being a the media sponsor, uh, and then we went to the largest radio station sponsored. We have uh, in Topeka, we have what is it, a dozen, uh, see, ten or eleven radio stations. While the Cumulus Broadcasting owns six of those stations, we uh, we do we my company Dynamic supports them for their IT. So we went to the the general manager and said, "Here's what we're doing." He got all excited about it. So we were able to pull uh, sponsorships and large chunks of advertising from both the CBS affiliate and the Cumulus radio stations that, you know, across their six stations, uh, in, in, again, in sponsorship of this. So all the advertising went out and all the promotion went out with Dynamic Computer Solutions, the Topeka Chamber of Commerce, the WIBW, and the Cumulus radio stations as the sponsors of this event. Therefore, so then we set up all um, – uh, applications could be picked up at any one of those places. All the all the websites carried this information, and of course, we drove all that. We didn't want any of the radio stations or TV stations or chamber have to develop or do it. We created it; it was ready to go. All we had to do was hand it to their webmaster, you know, or whatever, to get it up and running very quickly at their facilities. Plus, we went into each of their staff and trained their receptionist, you know, the person at the front desk that had that paper application. Of course, 80% of it was done online, but still, we wanted it there so that it was in place. We created big posters that was set up on a tripod in all of their lobbies that said, you know, ask us about the extreme office upgrade, office makeover, and uh, gave them a little bit of information about how that would move forward, too. And then the last thing, really important, Stuart, I think, is that we trained our salespeople, and we actually went in and had training with the salespeople from the, the radio station uh, 
uh, about the radio station specifically and the chamber membership staff about how and what this was all about so that the, the three people at the chamber that are out selling memberships every day understood it and said, hey, gosh, if you're a member of the chamber, look at what you can apply for, how you can be involved. And the radio stations out selling ads, you know, for, for their uh, radio was doing the same thing. Here's how you guys uh, can sell this and, and have another value that you're bringing to your customers. Hey, did you know this is going on? Boy, be sure you get online. So we, and then lastly, my sell staff alone, you know, is out hand, handing out and doing it. We have one guy dedicated. Uh, as a matter of fact, we're right now in the kickoff of our, of our extreme office makeover 3.0, <laughs> and 3.0 is our third time. So he's out. For the next week, he has a, a job to hand out um, 100 and, uh, what is it, 150 applications or notifications about the event across the area just to create more publicity and more excitement. So you may have covered some of this, Mitch, you know, over, you know, you mentioned version 3. I was going to ask you, what, you know, how many times have you done this? So you're on mm-hmm. your third time doing this, yeah. and you probably covered a few things already in your talk. But, you know, what, are the, some, what were some of the key learnings? From the first time you did it, because you know a lot of us, like uh, myself and Monique, have done it, or I'm in the middle of doing one. Monique just completed her first one, I think. Uh, what were some of the the key learnings from the first time to now? Uh, the things you're doing differently. Well, I, um, without a doubt, a key point for anybody out there thinking about this is get an organization to back it. Uh, if you try and do this by yourself. Uh, it's going to be very difficult. I can't say I'm not going to say it can't be done, but it will be difficult. But if you can get a chamber, and maybe it's not the chamber, maybe it's maybe you've got a large business organization in the area, Rotary clubs, whatever it might be, but find somebody who is willing to become a partner in it, so that it can really get the word out. Because as hard as we all work, and you know, here I am in Topeka, and I like to think everybody knows who Dynamic Computers is. We've been doing this for 25 years. And I, I was I was at breakfast with a guy this morning that said, now now you guys you guys have a store where you sell computers to people out of, you know I mean he doesn't even know and I go to church with the guy you know so mm-hmm. it's we still aren't that well known in our communities like we all think we are so you got to get someone that's able to help you promote and talk about it who adds credibility to the event you know such as the chamber of commerce or you know the large TV the largest TV affiliate or somebody like that. Um, now, Monique, so that you was did, one you thing some, that I would say. I know Monique got some key uh, sponsors. Monique, yeah. who did you link up with to do yours? Uh, you know, we, we approached our chamber about it. Unfortunately, they're very conservative, and they were afraid of um, hurting other technology vendors in the area by, by choosing one over the other. But we were able to leverage um, advertising in their metro. Uh, we announced it at their Bakersfield After Hours Mixer event. We launched it actually at their technology expo, so they allowed me a lot of um, leverage as much as they could without feeling as if they were uh, playing favorites. So I feel like Mitch had a great opportunity with his chamber. I wish mine had been as, as open as that, but I did get what I needed out of them and what I was able to. They were they were support, as supportive as they could be according to their bylaws. Was what I uh, I was told, but we did. We did do our launch with Microsoft. We brought the truck out. Uh, we worked with a local uh, business talk radio station who came out and did a remote during the launch. Um, we had a lot of buzz that was created from that alone, a lot of applications coming in. We also used Constant Contact to uh, send emails out to our, our database that we had already established saying, hey, if your business needs technology, if you feel like you need a makeover, you need to go to our website, you need to make sure that you um, – 
apply. Um, it was it was an interesting event, though. If if you if you put one of these on thinking that you are um, going to make money right away, you're not. You need to to go forth with a charitable heart and realize that you're doing this to help someone. Um, the the residual effect is that you get more publicity. You you do end up with additional business, but don't try to bank on that. You're doing this because you really truly want to help someone out, and that's the important idea that I want to bring to this. Is no, don't we, go in. Been, sorry, Monique. We've been we, we've been very you know fortunate with our, us getting some key vendor sponsorships. Mitch. Uh, oh, as far as vendors, I'm sorry. Oh, I, no, 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 that's cool. No, no, no. You, <laughs> no, you answered the question properly. I was going to bring okay. up vendors now because it's something different. But Mitch. How much, what did you guys do? Uh, and we, we, sorry, we can't forget about Eric, who's sitting there patiently waiting to get in. But uh, and Mitch, what did you what did you guys do with your company about getting uh, you know getting vendors aligned and you know getting them to sponsor? Um, did you have to actually buy the equipment yourself, or did you have them uh, help with some MDF or uh, just donate equipment? Yeah, we uh, um, you know we we immediately went to our vendors with the idea. Of course, this was this being our third one. What we were doing, we, we actually, one thing I would caution everybody about is build yourself a budget that you're going to work around and, and know that you probably will invest some money in this. That's so right. Good you, point, you, Mitch. Yeah, you need to look at your budget. You need to decide, am I going to invest $1,000, $5,000, $20,000, whatever fits you and your company and the way you want to promote it. And then work hard to go out and find those vendors because I'm telling you, I have yet to uh, actual hardware or items that I put into it, and you know we're putting in a server, a small server, uh, you know Microsoft licensing, a firewall, uh, a UPS, uh, some kind of a backup system of some kind. Um, usually, some uh, you know a, a printer, uh, a, a switch. Those are things that most vendors can pretty well come right out of their budget with without a lot of problem to pop in, but. If you, if you decide you really want to go somewhere with it and you're going to do, you know, a, a couple of three laptops, now you're starting to – it depends on the size of your organization and can you get those things done, and there's a lot of companies that want to do that. So, you know, you've got to decide how much am I going to give up. Am I going to just have one vendor be my major sponsor or do I have a half a dozen? We, we include seven or eight different vendors every year at least. Last year I think we had ten vendors that participated with some kinds of goods or services uh, just from the technology world that that helped us get uh, promote the thing. So and, and you know I thought we did pretty well on our vendor, uh, you know, acquirements until I talked to Stuart, who is just an amazing I don't know if he's a salesperson or, or a contact person, but he he has obtained an amazing amount of infrastructure. Whereas we really struggled with that. Our local community gave more than I received from our vendors. So we, within our offering, we had contractors who donated carpet, who donated um, drywall, paint. Uh, we had landscaping services. We had local CPAs donating tax services. So just just like with anything, you really have to create your bundle of of offerings that you you want to to put into this. Um, with our vendor relationships, we did obtain some infrastructure pieces, but really, um, the majority came out of our budget for that. One thing well, I would. That's uh, the nice thing about the community is that you can actually, uh, yep. you know, it's we all learn from what we did. You know, I never even thought about money going after and trying to get you know carpet and office furniture. So I mean, for next year, who knows? But Mitch, what were you going to say there? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut well, you off. Well, I I was going to uh, gonna gonna back up one little bit, just a little ways back to one of Monique's uh, comments, 
And uh, I, I'm not, I don't want to be contradictory. I just want to point out what we were looking at. She said something about, number one, you need to be ready to give back to the community. We made that number two on our list. We made number one building business for our company. Uh, and, and, and we made those, tried to align those very close to each other. But, but we made no bones about it with the chamber and with my staff that we're looking, we are looking to increase business out of this event. Now, right behind it, we want to really do some cool things for some great organizations, and, and that's work. But the reason I, I point that out is that I made sure my salespeople knew that this wasn't just some boondoggle that Mitch was doing out there to, to be a good guy because he's on a number of boards in the community. Every one of them have responsibilities to build business out of this event and to grab a hold of it and be responsible to follow up, to do things with those uh, applicants. Uh, uh, we go out and see uh, uh, all of the applicants that are put into the final, and that last year that was 20-some 20, 20 applicants that my sales team went out and met with. And guess what? Out of those 24 or 5, we generated new business from, I think it was, 6 of those. So those are, wow. those are numbers that, you know, pretty difficult to get a hold of, and these are people begging us to come see them. Okay. And that's a great residual effect of this yeah. event. I, I do agree with you, Mitch, in that area that, that you do, you know, put these things on, obviously, for PR. But, sure. you know, the difference, the difference between PR and advertising is with PR, you pray, and with advertising, you pay. So, <laughs> you know, you're praying that you get that business back. Um, but I know that for our own project that we did, we, d we did technology analysis for every applicant that came in. And we did play very much the Simon and Paula sort of um, judging where the applications would come in. And they had to meet a minimum criteria. Mm -hmm. And then we would send them on to the, to the, uh, the actual contestant you know, judging. So we were able to weed out the ones that we knew we absolutely couldn't help or, or didn't need the help, and then sent the ones that we knew that we could deploy into the judging process where we had five um, unpartisan judges. So I want to make sure that when... Money, tell us about the importance of having judges that are not related to your company. Well, you have to present yourself in the community as, as like I said, doing this not to benefit you, but to actually uh, benefit the community. And so we, we wanted the judges to be major people within our community. We had the mayor, we had the president of the Chamber of Commerce, we had um, the president of Mid-State Development Bank, which is one of the largest SBA banks here in town. Um, we had the executive director of the Boys and Girls Club who represented the um, nonprofit side of the group. Uh, and for me, that was very important so that the community didn't look at our event as, oh, look at ARC tooting their own horn or promoting themselves. No, we didn't pick the winner. This group of people picked the winner. Okay, that's that's one thing we're looking at doing for ours. So let's invite Eric in because Eric's been sitting there nice and patiently for the last 30 minutes while we've been chatting here. Eric, when you're talking with your your clients, basically IT providers like us, and they're looking at uh, doing this sort of stuff, what are what guidance are you giving to uh, to your clients today? Well, um, well, first of all, I think I got plenty to ride through the rest of this without saying anything on this call. I mean, you guys really PR'd me good in the beginning, so appreciate that. Um, so what we did, and the way I learned about the Extreme Office Makeover was because Mitch and I are in the same HTG uh, peer group. So we're in HTG1, and 
the ACG Peer Group is, is a collection of 12 companies. The, um, Arlen Sorensen from Heartland Technology Solutions put, uh, set this up to create an environment where we can uh, get our heads out of working in the business for a couple of days and work on the business with a, a virtual board of, of virtual CEOs. And so uh, Arlen uh, had an idea of, of writing a book and I've got it in front of me, and I want to ask Mitch some questions and kind of bring to light some of the things that in his chapter, the book is called Peer Power, Powerful Ideas for Partners from Peers, and it can be picked up at htgmembers.com. And the idea here was to take a bunch of great ideas. Every meeting that we have in the HTG group, uh, at quarterly meetings, everyone comes up with a great idea, and everybody votes on it. We make a little uh, fun game out of it. But Arlen's idea was to take everybody's the best of the great ideas and put them into this book. And I was honored enough to be asked to uh, help uh, co-author it and, and do some proofreading and editing on the book. And so when I got to Mitch's submission, which was the Extreme Office Makeover, it just really struck home to me how much of a, a, a perfect marketing vehicle this type of an event is. From the, from the standpoint of PR for the community um, and giving back to the community, as, Mo, as Monique highlighted, but also as a way to uh, build a client list of potential prospects that you can go out and maybe, uh, you know, this is a list of folks that you may never have been able to reach otherwise. Just as Mitch said, I mean, the, the, you know, the ultimate goal is, hey, do something great, but also get paid to do it. So when, when I read how Mitch had, had uh, executed his and the thought behind going out and meeting with every single applicant and doing a needs analysis and a technology assessment, which then can sometimes uh, create immediate opportunity for work, but also uh, those folks that don't you know, place or win the Extreme Office Makeover become great candidates for additional work, and you've already built that relationship with them. So it's just a great uh, way to, to earn new business from potential prospects that you may never be able to reach otherwise uh, through a great community-focused uh, deliverable. So um, we, we took that to heart and have been uh, educating our partners and members in MSPU about that. And uh, I think that's how Monique... Uh, jumped on the bandwagon right away, and Monique is just a PR monster. I mean, she does, does an amazing job for ARC Technology in Bakersfield in terms of marketing and, and just the, the image of, of ARC Technology as being a great uh, community benefactor to Bakersfield. And so when she got a hold of the idea, she just took it and ran with it. And they did some amazing things in Bakersfield. I was uh, there at the um, the unveiling of the runners-up and the winner got invited out uh, to the Chamber of Commerce uh, gala event that night. And Monique had a video shot and created a video, um, kind of a, a diary of, of how it all went out. And, and you've got it on the web somewhere, right, Monique? I do, yeah. We actually are in the process of posting it on our website right now, but I do have a link to it that I can, I can help the listeners get to. Absolutely okay. outstanding. Outstanding, I'll tell you right now. Yeah, well, we even have some new uh, video from our launch last week up on our, on our extremetechmakeover.ca, and we were very fortunate. We piggybacked on a keynote presentation. Uh, there's a show here in Canada called Dragon's Den, and one of the, uh, it's a show where would-be entrepreneurs would go up and pitch their product for investment. And one of the panelists from Dragon's Den was uh, doing the keynotes. We 
we uh, piggybacked on top of that, and we actually got some uh, recorded uh, interview time with her afterwards. So we threw that up on our uh, website uh, last night, and we got an interview with our pre- the president of the Chamber of Commerce and all that stuff up there, launching this event. So, yeah, me, Monique, you are the PR queen. You know, if I, you know, I can learn lots from you. If I am, it's because I stand on the shoulders of giants like you guys. That is. That's all it is. It's, it's all a reflection of what I've learned from you guys. I tell you what, these okay. ideas that you guys come up with just get us so excited. And all it takes is the, is the execution. And that's what I'm telling all you listeners out there. Between Eric's books and the, the interesting things that Stuart comes up with on his blogs and he says, and Mitch's ideas, I mean, all you have to do is just execute it. You put the energy behind it, it's going to work. That's yeah. all you got to do. The ideas are already there. You know, that's really, really a cool thing to talk about. You know, we can talk about guys in the industry, guys like Arlen, who has done a great job, and, and Eric, and, and everybody else we've talked about. You know, that that's exactly right. That The ideas are there. Don't go out and, and reinvent the wheel. There is wonderful people that have worked so hard over the years of putting together these kind of things that all you got to do is just take it and work it and stay in the process. That's the key. Don't go out and, and, and just totally try and revamp it and start over because you're going to cost yourself just a bunch of time and money when you can just take these ideas and move right along with them. That, that's a great thing. Eric, all right, uh, I'm sorry, Stuart, you mentioned something earlier about what some other things that we learned. There are a couple of things that we did find out in our case, since we're now on 3.0, that I think is something for people to really think about because we did find it in patches. Our first year we had 75 or 80 applications and a lot more that uh, called that we told them not to send it in because they just didn't qualify. They were such a tiny business. They didn't even have a server in place, things like that. The second year that dropped down by about 30%. We were down to 45 or 50 and, you know, the first year, we, we, the winner ended up being a not-for-profit company, which was extremely deserving. Uh, what we do is we take a three-month period from the, uh, the chamber every fall. As a matter of fact, it was last week. They do their business expo. It's a big trade show at the local chamber, and they draw between seven and 15,000 people in an afternoon. There's 100 booths set up around a large hotel, and it's a really neat show, lots of publicity and activity. And then we run that clear through the end of the year, and the chamber uh, annual meeting is usually at the end of January every year, and that's where the chamber you know, turns the reins over to a new volunteer chairman of the board, and they give away the, the previous year's uh, member of the year and chamber, chamber firm of the year and, and uh, sales awards and all those kind of things. They have a big speaker. As a matter of fact, last year there was almost 800 people attended that event in, in a lunchtime dinner, uh, lunchtime setting. But... And so that's where we give away the, the winner at that event. Well, what happens is we bring up three or four or five finalists, and then we do the big announcement of the winner, and they don't even know who it is. There's three or four finalists sitting there. Well, last year we had all nonprofits that were finalists, the very year number one. And so the second year we heard from a lot of companies, well, you know, the nonprofits are going to win it anyway. I mean, think about it. Nonprofits know how to write grants. They know how to describe their business. A for-profit guy is out there just trying to make a buck. They're working their fanny off, and I get their applications back, and they're three sentences where the nonprofits send me back a booklet of information, and that's the way we've accepted it. And so there, we had people saying, we, we knew we weren't going to win, we just didn't submit. So this year, 3.0, we are, we are actually giving away two prizes to a non, not-for-profit company and a for-profit company. Well, two, a great equal idea. Set, two equal sets of prizes. 
because we want we don't want anybody to say we don't qualify or gee whiz you're, we just know you're going to go this way so why should we even try? And uh, we've already had tremendous feedback. The chamber is of course extremely excited. Now I don't have to tell you we had to do a lot of extra work to uh, rounding up the extra equipment, getting vendors to commit to two firewalls instead of one, you know. But we were able to promote the fact that now we're going to be able to hopefully affect a lot, even more businesses and, and looking at even more applications back. So, you know, I'm 90 days from telling you how, how well that worked, but that's the way we kicked it off. That was one of our real key learning things was, uh, you know, being excluding people by, by the uh, perception that only certain people really can win this thing. Hey, Stuart. Yes. I've got, as I mentioned, I've got the uh, the peer uh, peer power book in front of me, and I've got the the chapter open with Mitch's Extreme Office Makeover Upgrade kind of roadmap. But, and I'd like to just kind of, and Mitch has laid out some very specific um, steps, and I'd like to just uh, you know point those out and then ask Mitch, Mitch some questions about each one. And some of them we've already talked about. Would that be all right? Go ahead. So, Mitch, you've got a series of, of steps here, and you've laid out this roadmap uh, in, in the Peer Power Book. And, and mm -hmm. we've talked about the first one here. You say, number one, it's, it's decide on the co-sponsor. So I think we've covered that. One that, that, um, that you have the second step here that maybe we haven't touched on is get approval of the co-sponsor's board of directors. Can you kind of give us an, an idea of, of why you came to that determination? Was there some challenges getting some buy-in there when you started this out or or yeah, you know, I guess the biggest thing was, was of course, by going to the chamber exec, the, the president or the, you know, the paid exec of that, of that organization, whoever that is, you know, without his buy-in, we're not even going to get in front of the board. So we laid out a plan of how, what, how this is going to help the chamber, you know, deal what's in it for me kind of thing. And, uh, and of course, what was going to happen now, we were able to counteract uh, Monique's Chamber's comments by saying, hey, anybody can bring you guys good ideas. We're the ones that happen to do it. So, you know, because his very first comment was what Monique talked about a little bit earlier where it said, well, yeah, but we've got, you know, up the up number of, uh, of the technology companies in, in here. We're going to tick off some of those guys. And I said, you know what? They could have brought you this idea, but we're the ones who did it. We're the ones who's promoting the chamber. We're the ones who's going to... And we were able to sell him on the fact that that was okay. And within a few minutes, he said, you know, you're right. I like that. I like that concept. Now, I realize everybody's bylaws are a little different, and there can be reasons why. But we were able to sell that to this particular gentleman. Then he was the one who said, but you know what? I still have my board of directors that have to approve this because we're talking about spending some of our money in advertising and time and tying ourselves to this event. So we need to present this to our board, and uh, we put together a plan of how to go to the board of directors, which, of course, are business people I deal with every day, and laid out all the, just like you would do when you're proposing, you know, a system sell to one of your customers, all the reasons why this was going to benefit their organ the organization, it was going to be good for everybody, there was going to be, you know, a great end in sight, and everyone got, everyone built on and got, got a hold of that, and and bought into it 100%. Excellent. And then the next uh, point you have, number three, so number one was decide on a co-sponsor. Number two was get approval of the co-sponsor's board of directors. Number three was decide on the extreme office upgrade kickoff event, project timeline, 
and grand finale. So you're doing this planning really early on in the process, right? Because I, I would assume that this is something that you have to pitch to to the to the community and to all the vendors to get them to buy in, right? That's correct. Yeah, we we uh, our our now that we're in our third session or round of this, if you will, uh, we started in probably July uh, talking to our vendors about needing going to need products because we're doing this events coming up again and now, of course three times in, they know that we're doing it, but, you know, giving them the information and, and the whole thing uh, together and then building it into, you know, a uh, we're fortunate or we kind of timed it in <clears throat> in that there was a, a kickoff event such as this big uh, Chamber Expo trade show, and then it flows right into that 90 days later is the, the uh, uh, Chamber annual meeting, uh, which is a big gathering of all these people and, and – uh, so that made sense to have that be kind of the, the beginning and the end of the actual contest itself. Uh, and, I, and I just, I mean, number one, you're still getting a lot, you still really do get a lot of publicity. Uh, and uh, then the, the one thing that we found since then is we want to do constant reporting back of, of the winner and what they got and how that's worked for them. So I'm not even, I don't have that book in front of me, but I think that, uh, uh, it's not there is the fact that we did follow up now, and for the next uh, 90 days after the winner is selected, we talk about how, we have them come back on and do some radio shots uh, or radio commercials with uh, Cumulus, where they talk about how this has changed their business and how great it's been for them, and and boy, when it's coming up next year, be looking for it. And then they're our, they're one of our people that get on and actually do promotion uh, for the event. Starting, uh, you know, we, we've got some commercials that just started this week, as a matter of fact. So, I mean, it's it's a it's a big deal. I mean, it sucks a lot of resources out yep. of your organizations. I know, speaking from speaking with you and our relationship, Mitch, you've shared with me, you know, how much it takes. And of course, working with Monique, uh, uh, it takes a while to really get this going and and execute it all, and a lot of steps in between. So, how often, Mitch, do you? Do you plan on executing an extreme office maker? I think Monique, you shared with me and said, "Boy, uh, you know, once a year is plenty for us." I mean, is that? It was. It took a lot of resources out of us just to chime in really quick, but we uh-huh. gave ourselves a year. Whatever timeline you create, commit to that timeline. Um, I'm so impressed that you guys are doing it within, you know, 90 days, six months. We literally launched it, announced it, and then a year later have finished it. And we we knew that it would take us that long to collect the applications, gather all of the the vendor donations, get it organized, run it like a project, and then have it fully implemented. Because the last thing you want to do is fail. Um, I always say friends don't let friends do bad advertising. And that's that's what this can become if you do it incorrectly or if you don't commit to that timeline. It's better to do no advertising than bad advertising <laughs> because if you don't complete the project, you look worse than, you know, anything. Yeah. And Mitch, and Mitch is, it's, since you've done it three times, it, uh, do you feel more comfortable doing it more often now that you've got it wired? I mean, uh, we know that this was Monique's first attempt and, you know, tremendous success from 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 all the, uh, you know, from, from the community uh, response and the winners and all the PR that she's received. But I mean, are you do you share her her uh, timeline perspective on on doing these things? I mean, how does it impact? Uh, and I guess you know, there's a big difference in in the amount of staff that Monique has and and your staff and how many of those folks are directly involved in this. Maybe you guys can shed some light on that. Sure. I, I mean, uh, I, I will always you know now that we're in our third year of it, 
we've got pretty well a, a timeline kind of laid out. It'll always be an annual event that always kind of culminates around these uh, these uh, chamber functions. But we'll spend six or seven months getting, you know, three or four months ahead of time at least getting ready for it. Then the actual timeline when it's happening, when we're gathering applications. And then, you know, then the piece we have is the implementation, which Monique was exactly right. Boy, you want to make sure that you treat this just like any other installation that you're doing. Actually, you may want to just ramp it up a little bit because if this, you go in and you do the upgrade for a company and it fails or you're not very successful or you don't look very good, that publicity is every bit as bad, if not much worse, than, uh, the, than you know, the standard install or, or, or the one that really does well because uh, people will hear about it. Uh, you know, they've already come to – I had a guy ask me the other day, hey, uh, I heard so-and-so on the radio promoting that, so he must have had a pretty good experience with it. They were thinking about it, you know. So you want to make sure it's – but, yeah, we're going we're gonna to continue to do it on an annual basis with a timeline laid out there. And, again, treat it just like any other project that's going in once the winner is selected, you know, with their technology and their infrastructure and everything that goes in place. Hmm. Okay. So let me, let me kind of jump back in here and, uh, and ask one question for uh, Monique because you did that great video. Um, are you doing any video around, uh, you know, like a testimonial from the, your, your end, uh, or from the winner, Monique, you, and like 90 days later going in and, Absolutely. and recording, We're going recording all that? Exactly. We're going back in in about 90 days because they, they just settled in. I mean, we, we finished the upgrade. They're having to, to reorganize and refile. And and I don't know if you guys saw the video. Um, one of the warnings that I want to tag on this event is please do a site survey because our winner, which we I sent our salesperson to do a site survey, who won, um, he didn't pay attention to things like carpet and aesthetics. You can put in a great network, a great amount of infrastructure. But if the place looks like a crap hole, it's not going to do you any good. It really well, that's isn't. That's so true. Yeah. Because well, I mean, I people are... About, I'm even looking at things like when I'm doing my site survey for my uh, finalists, is what's the, what's the status, what's the, what does the cabling look like? And you know, is, it, is this cabling going to be efficient enough to, uh, to, to run the new technology that we're running on? Like it's no use putting a, a brand new Windows uh, 2008 server in there when you have Cat three cabling in the wall, right? I mean, this mm -hmm. doesn't make sense. So, I and I not only that, yeah, not only that, Stuart, but you have to look at things like the carpeting and the paint. And I don't mean to keep hounding on those things because mm -hmm. literally, people who don't understand technology that may be walking through there later on a tour or if you have a, a grand opening for them, they're going to walk in and go, yeah, there's stains on the carpet and there's a big hole in the wall and yeah, their server rack looks great, but the rest of the place looks like heck, that's, you know. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> So you want to make sure that you select someone or at least get them into that final judging process on offices that you know are aesthetically pleasing unless you want to go out and find the contractors to fix it up and you know get the carpeting donated like we had to do. But that was yeah. something that we, we really bloodied our nose on that we should have gone, whoa, wait a minute. You know, well, you learn that from all you guys by talking to all you guys, making sure you have the, the rules and regulations set ahead of time and what the expectations are as well because you know, if you if a winning company is 25 or 30 employees, they may have to actually invest some of their own money into bringing up the you know a licensing or you know standardizing on other systems. Mitch, have you run across that where you know you you're giving away a certain amount of equipment, but there's an additional cost to the winner? And how was that received if you, if that if you ran across that? Oh yes, absolutely. Uh, both of our both of our last two winners had to 
invest more money. And we, we spent time talking to them in the tech assessment. You know, that's the beauty. You're out there ahead of time, long before they're even chosen, saying, now, let, let's talk about what you have here. You've submitted as an application. If you win that new server and these three new workstations, you have set seven in your company. Those are too old. They can't run. You're going to have to upgrade. Are you prepared, you know, to, to move forward or to buy new software? You know, the winner wins a uh, Microsoft Small Business Server uh, software with five cows, but you've got eight employees, so we're going to, you're going to need to purchase more licensing. You know, we go through that whole process and make sure – that they understand what's going to be necessary, but uh, uh, we have never had any pushback that no, we would not invest. Gosh, if we win, you know, fifteen or twenty thousand dollars worth of hardware and software and services, uh, our board is, uh, you know, our owner has already said he's prepared to to uh, to do that, to invest, to move forward, and so we've never had pushback. As a matter of fact, both organizations have uh, that were winners have already renewed their managed service contracts. Uh, both have bought extra software, hardware. Uh, you know, just, I mean, we've we've generated a lot of new business out of that for uh, with those organizations that because they were, you know, all of a sudden so much better with their technology that they wanted to make sure they were up to speed. You know, and I want to touch base. I'm sorry, I want to touch base on something um, that Mitch said earlier about you know how you're offering something to the nonprofits and then that you're also offering something to the businesses. Um, something that we saw at the end of judging, a, a for-profit business actually won our Extreme Office Makeover, but we had so many good nonprofits that submitted that once the judging was finished, we had a winner. We had all of these other companies and these other organizations left over. We took those to the local Lions Club, the Rotary Club, uh, the Kiwanis, and said, look, we have an opportunity to help these people. It's going to cost this much. Would you guys like to donate the funding for us to be able to complete their project? And Yes, that's one of the things I liked about your two money quotes, that you did that. Yeah, the local Lions Club donated $7,500 to help out um, Covenant Community Connections, which assists foster children. So that was additional revenue in our pocket, and then we also were able to assist a good organization. And one thing, and, and that is a fantastic idea. I've already got that one down from our conversation a few weeks ago to, to move forward on that. But another thing that we did um, last year was uh, we got a, a local, a very well-known local web developer to agree that for the, uh, the runners-up, if you will, uh, to, uh, he donated some web services for them. Uh, I, I was able to go to the radio station and uh, help have them agree to donate $1,000 worth of advertising for each one of the finalists that did not win the final, you know, the, the grand prize, if you will. Uh, and then I went to uh, one of our printer vendors and was able to pick up some refurbished small color laser printers that they put half the money and I put half. I mean, I invested 100 bucks a piece or 150 bucks for a small laser, color laser, but you'd have thought I gave them $5,000, you know. So I was able to go to the stage, uh, you know, go up on the, the stage at the cha- chamber annual meeting and say, now the runner, the, 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 we have five finalists sitting out here at the table. Four of those will not go away at the grand prize, but they will receive $1,000 worth of advertising uh, for their organization and a brand-new color or a, you know, a fully warranted color laser printer uh, as well. Uh, and they were still so excited that when we went back and did the ads about the East Topeka Senior Center, who was a runner-up, 
and, and we did a little 30-second, you know, the, the Senior Center supports 450 people, provides meals every day, and they were one of the winners of this. You know, Senior Center Director, would you, you know, what, what did you think of this? And, of course, she said nothing but glowing things about how wonderful, and now I can print my color newsletter that I send out instead of the old crummy typed one I used to do, and, and this has been a great thing for our organization. And so their organization was promoted. The, the great thing they were doing in the community was mentioned, and they did a, $1,000 worth of advertising, which accounted for, you know, something like 50 spots on the local radio station. So finding other ways that those people go away feeling good, which is what Monique just talked about, is, I think, a very important thing, especially for that group of finalists. Mm. Hey, guys, jump in, jump in like, the, to the last point in Mitch's roadmap here in the book. And I, it, it, the last point is start preparing to promote the extreme office upgrade contest. So can you talk a little bit about all of the different ways that promotion can be done and how you've executed it and, and what and what does that look like in terms of uh, realization? Okay, let me, I'll tell you what, uh, Stu, I'm going to, if I could, I'll, I'll do that and then I'm going to have to pop out to a, to a meeting. That's good. we got like seven minutes left, so make it oh, quick. Oh, well, Mitch. good. Well, timing's perfect. I'll try and do three of it and let Monique have the last four. You know, I mean, the things I talked about earlier, we're talking Every place we can find that, that is willing to jump on board, and now the beauty is after two or three years, we've got you know, the local newspaper, the local business paper, who all are saying, hey, how, we'd like to be a part of that. How do we get involved? A lot of times it's nothing more than just asking, and you'd be surprised. We have a Topeka magazine, which is a really nice 32-page uh, color uh, layout magazine that's printed every other month. So now those kind of groups, so we, we just go out and start talking to them. We show them what we're doing. Uh, uh, we are trying to, you know, we're creating a little promo video, uh, uh, again, right off of Monique's ideas that kind of gives them an idea of the publicity, and, and your name's on the bottom as one of the sponsors, and you can be a part of it. Um, but, you know, we're just talking to every one of those organizations that, that we can. And then the other thing is our sales guys with, nothing, with, with a flyer out just all over the community handing it out as they're, as they're going. I mean, promotion is the king. You know, you got you got to get out there and promote it. And Monique, uh, you have the last uh, you have the last word today. You know, what more can you add? That is so rare that I ever get the last word in anything. If anybody knows my husband, <laughs> um, you really you really have to ask yourself how big do you want this to be? How many vendors do you want involved? How many business partners do you want involved? And then once you do that, you need to make sure that they get the promotion for donating whatever they've donated as well, um, because that helps build credibility for the event. The more solid companies that you can associate it with and the more success you have in the implementation, just as Mitch spoke about, you know, every year he gets more and more credibility with deploying this event because of the success he's had in the past. So oh, that – it, it really is, and that puts you in a position where people start asking you now to be a part of it. But it's very, very important that you remember to thank your sponsors, that they feel like that they were a part of something um, that was community-minded, that they feel like they, they received a value from it, because then they'll just keep coming back. They'll tell other people. You can put up posters in their offices. They can start um, assisting with applications, things like that. So, hey, uh, building let, me, let me say something real quick to that, because Monique said it right. Whenever our vendors are in town, especially our key vendors, our you know the firewall guy, the Microsoft guy, the the, the server guy, we take them out to those people and introduce them and say, you know, uh, our first winner was the Big Brother and Big Sister program here in Topeka. And we took out those at different times, took them out and said, there sets your firewall that you 
and, and then we introduce them to the director, and of course they gush over how great it is and how it's improved their business and all. But the vendor goes away going, "Hey, that really is cool. I'm, I made a difference. It helped." You know. Uh, yeah, it's I mean, that's, very that's important. The, that's that's the king. So, Monique, I guess you didn't get the last word. <laughs> I never do. I never do. I'll be quiet. <laughs> Anyways, guys, I want to thank you all for uh, taking an hour out of your day to come and chat with us and, and share your insight and how to make this thing great. I'm sure uh, down the road we'll have you on again. You, you know, you can give Eric Simpson a run for his uh, record of most times on the program. <laughs> well, and honestly, Stuart, if anybody wants um, to see the video, they can email me at Monique, M-O-N-I-Q-U-E, at ARC, A-R-R-C dot com. I will be happy to email you the link. Um, it's a documentary on actually how we did it. Um, also, visit our website, ARRC Technology. See, there's the, uh, there's the, there is the marketing person, right? ARC.com. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if you want to check out what we're doing here, uh, extreme, ExtremeTechMakeover.ca is our website. We just uploaded two new videos yesterday, so go and make sure you check that out. Anyway, guys, thanks, thanks again for, uh, for joining us. Eric uh, Strong and, uh, uh, you know, always, always, you know, coming up with some great questions. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Stuart. And, and uh, you know, join us uh, next week. We're going to have a great uh, program next uh, next Friday. What do we got cooking? We have uh, Ryan Storgard, who's a Microsoft Software Plus Services expert, coming on. Talk about uh, BPOS and uh, what's happening in the Software Plus Services world for Microsoft. So that'll be next uh, Friday. Check our website out, smallbusinessitradio.com. we got lots of great stuff uh, planned uh, coming down. We're going to have a kind of a weird schedule in November because I have some travel coming up with HTG. So, uh, we'll be missing, I think, the 14th is the week we're going to miss while I'm down in Southern California enjoying, enjoying uh, hopefully, the warm weather in Southern California and a few hockey games. So if you're in the Southern California area, give me a shout. We'll see if we can squeeze some time in there. But thanks again, guys, for joining us, and uh, thank you for everybody who uh, listens in on Small Business IT Radio here. My name is Stuart Crawford, and we're going to sign off for this week. Have a great, successful week, and we'll talk to you again soon. 